Hey everybody and welcome to the podcast. My name is Tim Alford. I'm part of the Limitless Leadership Team and I'm going to be your host for today's conversation. But before we get into it, let me tell you about two things that we think are really going to add value to your leadership and youth ministry. The first is I've got a brand new book out. It's called Leadership 101, your go-to guide for leading youth and children's ministries into a brighter future. And it's written for exactly that purpose. And we take a holistic look at your your leadership. It's divided into three sections, one on self-leadership, another on culture and team building, and finally vision and strategy. And it is available now uh, wherever books are sold. Uh, You know, I really believe that when you grow as a leader, the fruit of that is in the lives of your teams and of your young people and in your youth ministry. And I really pray that, that Leadership 101 helps you to do just that. And then secondly, Limitless Festival, Gather, Pray, Go, together locally and online nationally. How's that going to work? Well, we're going to do four live online sessions to help us gather together nationally. And we've created a resource of 75 creative ideas to help you gather, pray, and go locally. All the information about that can be found at limitlessfestival.co.uk. And I know it's kind of sad that still, even this summer, we won't be able to get together in person on Stafford Showground as we'd love to. But I am really excited to think about all of those hundreds of youth groups and thousands of young people going out into their communities through mission and social action locally at the same time. Uh, Imagine the impact that we could have around the nation together uh, as we do that. I think that's really super exciting. So that time is the 6th and the 7th of August as we gather, pray and go together locally and online nationally. And all the info for that, as I say, is over at limitlessfestival.co.uk where you can download the program and the free resource of creative ideas and get your group booked in. All right, hope those things are really going to serve you well. But for now, let's get on with the podcast. Welcome to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome or welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. We are in part four of our series, Ministry, Youth Ministry in the New World. Uh, if, if you haven't listened to the first three parts, I'd really recommend that you go back and have a listen. Uh, in the first part, I shared a, uh, with you about four shifts that I think need to happen as we step into this new uh, post-pandemic, post Uh, lockdown world in youth ministry. We then had a brilliant conversation with Johnny Slatter about intergenerational youth ministry. Uh, We we spoke with Kyle McKinnon, didn't we, last time out uh, about discipleship and what it looks like to to raise uh, disciples in our youth ministries. And I think today is going to be a fascinating conversation because it's all about supernatural youth ministry and how do we make that shift from sit and watch to signs and wonders. I'll say no more about that for now because I have a good friend and a fantastic uh, leader with me. Uh, Zeke Rink is here. Uh, Zeke is the DTI and Youth Network Associate Pastor with Vineyard. That is some title, Zeke, I love it. Uh, But Zeke, welcome to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. 
Thanks, Tim. It's so good to be with you guys. And thanks for having me on here. It's awesome. It's great. Uh, absolute uh, pleasure and privilege, Zeke. So uh, for those who don't know you, Zeke, why don't you uh, introduce uh, yourself, your uh, family, and share with us, um, Zeke, if you would, some of your story and some of your journey in youth ministry. And perhaps in particular, you know, why this thing of... Uh, uh, supernatural youth ministry, anticipating the presence and power of God to be at work in our lives. You know, why that's important to you, and and how that's how you found that to be a priority in your journey of of, of life and youth ministry. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Tim. Well, yeah. Like like being introduced, my name's Zeke. My real name's Ezekiel, and I'll get back to that because it it does link. Um, I've I'm married to Ellie. Uh, we've just had a little, I, I can't say had, we just bought a little puppy <laughs> to our family. There was no, there was no pregnancy there on our uh, He is sweet. His name's Gus. He's Cockador. So a Cocker Spaniel mixed with a Labrador and he's a great mix and he's, um, he's, he's good. But, but we live in Southwest London, um, part of the Vineyard Network in, in all that I do, working with young people and youth leaders around the UK and Ireland. We go to a local church here. Uh, we live on a, a big council estate here right next to Clapham Junction Station. There's, our heart was to move here and connect with neighbours, and we've been trying to do that as much as we can and live out, live out the call of God on our lives. Um, in terms of youth work, I mean, and how I got into it and a bit of my story, when I was born, this, this is significant because it comes to the supernatural connection. When I was born, my mum and dad wanted to give me a biblical name. My dad was from a sort of Jewish background, but most of his family weren't religious. So they, a lot of people around my parents were saying, don't give him a biblical name. And um, my mum, they felt they wanted to call me Ezekiel. And when I was born, I had a really bad case of jaundice. I was taken away immediately from my mother and um, put in a cubicle. And I was unnamed. I was actually, they called me the, the son of Kim Rink. That's my mum's name. Um, and... My mum, that night, she was crying out to God, and she, she believed that God had spoke to her, um, say, call him Ezekiel, and I will strengthen him. And so her, she told my dad, and they decided to call me Ezekiel. And then she actually looked up the meaning of my name, and it means God, God's strength or God will strengthen. Wow. And so, so, like, for me, and I was told that at a young age, and then I suppose throughout my journey, I've seen God move through people and in, in powerful ways. And so I've, I've always... My my mum then suffered with bipolar, and and that was a difficult growing up. She was had um, some real spouts, had cancer. It wasn't easy growing up. There was a difficult journey, but the church always got around my family, and we, I grew up like believing the Bible, knowing you know knowing it. My dad and mum would read the scriptures, and so. I sort of, I, I, I believe that and, and certain things happened growing up, but there was always a mm. youth worker around. And I think that was key. And I think when I was around 14, there was a, a youth worker that he'd just rock up at my house. You know, that was when you were kind of, it was it sort of, he'd arranged with my parents and he wouldn't come with a Bible or anything. He'd come with a football because he knew I loved football. Mm. And he, what he, what that action said to me is that football, like whatever you're into I'm into because I want you to know that you loved and you cared about and mm. give you time. And so I think that then sparked a journey for me where football became number one in my life. And then at 16, I decided to follow Jesus, make him number one and 
And I quickly got involved in a church that was that valued young people and children's ministry. And I got involved. I started leading a life group of young boys when I was 17. They were 10. And um, and it was just, and I realized like, wow, you can really share faith and God can move through that. And then came over here when I was 18 to pursue a football career. Long story short, God had other plans and and he spoke to me clearly. Um through the Bible, actually, he, he said, see, my ways, he, man makes his plans, Proverbs 16, man makes yeah. his plans, but the Lord determines his steps. And I was saying, God, why have you brought me over here? It's not going the way I thought. And he said, Zeke, and, and then he just spoke to me and said, get involved with young people. And I did that. I was based in the southwest of England for, for 13 years, but at one church for 10 years, I was a detached youth worker, youth pastor, then moved to the Vineyard Movement, youth pastor, and then join join DTI and everything. And so my journey has been uh, always had a passion for young people and and um, believes that God God wants to speak to them and move in their lives, and he wants to use us. He uses um, humans, you know, to connect um, young people to himself. So that's what, that's really my passion and what drives me and a little bit about myself. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that, Zeke. And let me just pause here also to say Gus is a great name for a dog. Yes. Superb, <laughs> superb name choice. But here's what I want to ask you, Zeke, because you, I, I noticed there as you shared some of your story, it – what you spoke about as, as both significant, but also as just a natural part of your discipleship and your following Jesus was how you would hear from God and respond yeah. to what he, he said. Yeah. And I wonder if we can just stay there for a minute, because yeah. when we talk about, you know, supernatural youth ministry, perhaps the things that come to mind are, you know, uh, miracles and, yeah. and healing and those and things of that sort. Resurrections. Of yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen any of those? Seek? No, but there's a no, story. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, but the um, but we we were also wanted to talk about you know the the prophetic hearing yeah. from God, yes. words of knowledge, those kinds of things are part of this life of um, following a supernatural God and yeah. being in a vibrant, a spiritually vibrant relationship with Him. Yeah. Um. And so I want to ask you, how do you hear from God? Yeah. For those for those who are listening to us as, as youth workers and they're saying, well, I, I hear you say God said this to me and God said that to me, but it kind of feels like God never says anything to me. Yeah. Um, what would your encouragement be to them? How do we first as youth workers uh, posture ourselves to have a, a sensitivity to yeah. what the Lord is wanting to say to us? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think from a young age, it was helpful to have parents that kind of read the Bible to to us before we could read, told us the stories. But I, I did have a, you know, my dad was very good at like tying in, you know, I don't know if, we, if, if there's many people listening that have grown up in a Christian family. You might have had parents that had a, that had a biblical story for every situation. We need to make a decision. Quick, let's do what Gideon did and put out a fleece, you know, like, yeah. fleece, well, my boy, let me tell you about a fleece. You know, this is what happened. And, and I think, you know, with the, with the sheep skin and the dry one day and wet the next and read it, guys, if you, if you don't know the story. But I think, it, obviously, we get that model to us, don't we? And so I have a heritage, I suppose, of, of a father and mother that sort of believe God spoke. 
and spoke through it, the word. So I think fundamentally that's that's the place we start. And if we want to know God, we need to read his word. It's like, um, and that's part of us spending time with him. But intimacy with God, like knowing him, Jesus said, I think the, the verse that like, makes any Christian tremble is, you know, when, when we stand before G and he says away from me, I never knew you. Yeah. Matthew seven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or come close, yeah. you know, good and faithful. So, you know, like, it's like, Oh my goodness, I need to know him. I need mm. him. And, and by knowing him, I hear, I, he hears, I hear his voice and I, I understand his voice. Like I'm training Gus right now to know my voice, to know the authority of my voice, to know when mm. I, sit when I say come back uh, or when I you know whatever and and this is powerful and so I think for me learning to hear God's voice and that happens through it's happens through scripture it happens through um like up like the common sense like some things are just like you pray about it and then it's sort of just it, it just seems to be okay, this is the way I'm meant to go. It, it's, yeah, it's like an impression of... Yeah, yeah. circumstantial situations, I think. Um, but I think also um, God speaks through... He speaks through seasons. He speaks through trees. He speaks through all things around us. You know, like I was I was literally... Um, in, in random ways, like today I'm walking... The, this is just a random story, but again, I, I think it's... I, this morning I said, God, I want to be useful for you. Just when I take Gus out, I was, wasn't in the best mood and I, I didn't really want to take him on a walk and whatever and going down to the local park. I said, God, just let me be of use to you on this walk. And I walk in and I see another dog and I'm like, oh, here we go. And there's two guys there chatting and go up and suddenly we're just talking and the guy said, oh, you know, we introduced our dog. And then the other guy's like, oh, you need to talk. You need to share like what your names are. This is what owners always do. They talk about their dogs and they never, and he said, <laughs> Tarsis, Tarsis, Tarsis. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's, that's a place, right? Because I'm thinking biblically straight away, yeah. Paul from Tarsis. And he goes, yeah, my mum was, my mum loved that place. She heard about it. And I said, well, my name's Ezekiel. And he said, well, well, we've got two biblical names. And so we, we started to talk and, and I, and I just shared the story of my name. I just felt compelled to share it. And then the guy next to me said, oh, that's why my mum called me Thomas. Cause I, I'm, I'm always doubting. And, um, and, and it was just a moment where you, and we, we just met, we exchanged numbers, me and this guy, and we, 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 we both have dogs and, but it's kind of like the the prayer, like saying, God, I want, could you make me useful? Now it's not that specific, but it's like we we learn by praying and asking God and then and then seeing what he does. Mm. And also wise counsel, having people in our lives that that we know hear from God or we know they're practicing, they're listening, they're learning. Um and we have to be patient, like we have to like take time as well. And so I think that they're little things that I've instituted and, and waiting, being still is something that we find so hard, but yes. And just before I get on this call, like before I get on a call with young people, I visit youth groups via zoom at the moment and I always wait. And then I write stuff down that I sense God saying. And, and in one sense, sometimes I feel like I'm making it up, but then when I get on the call and I, there's a name of someone or there's, there's a, a, an affirmation that I sense God is, you know, these kind of things are very important. 
but yeah I, I, I love this and you know it's a bit cheesy but uh, kind of what I, I'm hearing and what you're saying is that our expectation frames our experience right yeah, 100%. And, and so you've gone out for that dog walk this morning and um, you know you didn't just go out thinking, all right, I'm going to go walk the dog. I'm going to get that done. I'm going to get back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to, but you, you, you postured yourself to anticipate that there might be a moment in which God would use you. And had you not been intentional about that before you went for your walk, you may have missed that yes. moment that, that, that God had for you. And yeah. so you, 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 you got yourself into a place where you were expecting god yeah. to speak where you were expecting god to move in you and through you and, and because yeah. of that you were alert to the opportunity when it happened and that's one of the things i'm really trying to teach myself right now you know mm-hmm. is to always be ready always be prepared for yeah. what the lord might want to do in, yeah. in any given moment and 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 to anticipate that yes. that will just happen in my day-to-day not just from seven till nine thirty, yeah, when yeah. I gather with my young people, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah, and we, uh, we're pro, we're reactive to a proactive God. He's on the move. He knows there's Tom, very good. And and Thomas there at the park, and Thomas has got doubts, and he 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 he's not really sure. Tarsus is a Christian, and his mate isn't. And and I was there to sort of share another little story about God's goodness. And and that's important. And God's proactive with Thomas. He's already moving in Thomas's life, and we get to be part of that. And that's the beauty of hearing God's voice as well. Is that when we attentive and we stop and we are uh, like you said, we we're like proactively posturing our, ourselves. We we'll look at what God can do, and suddenly there's a connection and there's a relationship, and we're local. And uh, you know, it's- yeah, it's 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 so good. And you know, the other thing I just loved about what you were saying there was that is the starting point is scripture and abiding in his presence and it's so true isn't it there there just is no shortcut to hearing from god that bypasses time in his presence and time in his word because i think it's out of the intentionality and the regularity of that space that we learn to become more sensitive to what the spirit is doing in just those everyday moments. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. love what you say there, you the know, normal, we, normal. Yeah. the naturally supernatural, what, like, you know. Right, right. And I, I love that about being reactive to a proactive God, but I think we can prepare ourselves and be ready for those moments by yeah. the intentional moments, you know, the start of each day, opening his yes. word, listening to his voice, being still in his presence, abiding in him. Yeah. Those are the things that teach us to be sensitive to his voice and to begin to recognize his voice throughout the day as as he speaks to us. Yeah. Let let me ask you this then Zeke, because um, what we don't want to end up becoming is like the mystical uh, woman or man of God who um, is like Moses and goes up the mountain and hears from God and imparts the word uh, onto our young people um, because we have a theology of the priesthood of all believers, right? Yeah, 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 and we yeah. believe that our young people are equally uh, able to hear from God as we yes. are and that and that God is equally as, as desirous about speaking to them as he is to us. So yeah. I want to ask you, what are, some of the, what are some of the ways that you've found that we can help our young people to 
recognize God's voice for themselves, to hear from him, um, yeah. whether it's through reading the word, whether it's through, you know, words of knowledge or scripture or prophecy, whatever it is. But I'm, I'm, I guess I'm kind of looking for some practical yes. tools or, and ideas here. Like how do we begin, begin to help our young people to be sensitive to the voice of God and recognize the voice of God in their own lives? Yeah, yeah. Everyone gets to play as uh, the priest sort of, as John Wimber, founder of the Vineyard said. And he also said this thing, which Suze probably will have said, that the meeting place is the training place for the marketplace. And I love that because when we gather, we've got to remember that it's everything's training. It's like, it's, again, it's, but I, I can't help it because he's, Gus is just a constant reminder, but every moment is a training moment. It's not like downtime because if it's downtime and he's doing something he, he doesn't need to be doing, I'm training him by my posture. And so I think being the, the, the practical things is, is asking young people, one of the things that I've always done is asking, what do you think God's saying right now in your life? Like, oh, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's all <laughs> sort of like, what did you get up to today? Oh, school. Yeah, was it good? Yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> did, did you learn anything? Like, no. Nah. <laughs> anything, right? nothing. And it's like, it's just, an, it's just a posture of like, oh, everything, like God doesn't speak to me. But it's like, well, let's probe that question. Does he, does he not? Like, what's going on in your life? And, and you, you have situations. I often would sit down, whether it's one-to-one, or with, you know, if you've got life groups and you've got multiple leaders that you're overseeing, overseeing, asking them and the young people, what is God saying at the moment? It's like, is there a story in the Bible that you're, you're being, you could connect with your experience right now? That Those kind of things. So drawing them into like, what have they heard or read or learned that is connecting with the, the, these kind of things. But pra- also practically, giving young people space. And I know this the Zoom situation is, and a lot of my practical youth work stuff has been in person. That's what, what I've seen that really working. And, and the online stuff is, is you, you need to be different, but leaving space even on Zoom for like, okay, guys, we're just going to wait now. We're going we're gonna to read scripture also in a way. I love the Discovery Bible study. It's, you, you read, it's, I don't know if you've heard of it or people have heard of it. Talk to us about it. Tell yeah, us about it. So yeah. it's, it's like the, you read scripture, you pick any passage, and then there's three fundamental questions. What, what stands out to you? So like coaxing out of young people and anyone who's reading is what, what is going on for you in relation to what you've read? What is, so that's the first question. What the second question is, what does this say about the nature of God? What does this scripture say about who God is? And what does this scripture say about humanity, um, about the way people are? And, and that gets young people thinking about, wow, the Bible can actually say something to me, and I'm, I'm going to listen to it in a proactive way again. And I think so doing Bible studies or doing reading scripture in a way of God, we're always on. We're not just reading a story. Like, what is happening for you? What's happening in your heart? Mm. And let's talk about it and, 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 and those kind of things. And that opens it up. And then, and then we move to, okay, what, what might God want to say to others in the group because of this scripture? What do you think God is highlighting to Johnny or Sally or, you know, right now and, and leaving space, but then demonstrating it before you get young people to do it. I think this is incredibly powerful. Mm. Information and demonstration. Jesus did it. 
He proclaimed the gospel. Matthew 4, 23, it said Jesus went from town to town throughout Galilee and he healed the, he, he proclaimed the gospel. He preached in the synagogues and then he, he did the stuff. He healed this, those who were sick and, and diseased. And so it's proclamation and demonstration. So I think moving forward with young people, how can we demonstrate, like not just talk about it, but do it and live it out? Yeah. So that might be where we say, guys, we're just going to wait in this session right now, in person or gathered. We're just going to wait and let's see what God might want to say. Just just wait on him. Mm. And and there's no pressure. Like I often mm. the young people I say to myself, there's no pressure in the kingdom of God. There, there, there isn't, it doesn't exist. It's just what we've created. And so if young people say, okay, that's cool. That's cool. And and creating spaces where they, they have access to the Bible, pens, paper, creative stuff, um, things to, whether to look at or or to, to walk around or be still, all these practical little things that you can do. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Because I, I think sometimes having something that's tangible or tactile um, can just help to anchor some of those yeah. more, I guess, ethereal uh, concepts or activities yeah. uh, and help with focus uh, and, yeah. and concentration as well, can't yeah, it? Yeah. But again, I love that. I love what you're saying. It, you know, it starts with starts with scripture. And we've got to be careful that we don't elevate, you know, a, a, a word of knowledge or, or, or prophecy and hearing from God in that way above hearing from God through scripture yeah, because yeah, yeah. it seems more spectacular but actually yes. you know the first way and the mo- most reliable way and the most trustworthy way that we hear from god is through there's a you know there's a reason it's called the word of god yeah, right yeah, and, and so you know when we're together you know i love that like going through a passage together and creating space for for not just for me to unpack that passage in teaching but actually you listen let's have some time you yeah. read it you listen to god in this ways what's god yeah. saying to you i love that that's that that, yeah. that that's so good that's so so good um you know one one thing we did recently in our youth group zeke which which worked really well and 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 some of our young people uh, really kind of heard from god some for the first time as we did it is we did this kind of guided meditation yeah. and um, i kind of asked our young people to imagine um, that they were in a safe space and this is all kind of very very slow i'm obviously accelerating the pace of this a great deal for the purpose of the yeah, podcast yeah. but I, I asked them to imagine themselves in a safe place and they're and they're alone in that place and then suddenly they become aware of you know i'm asking them to use their mind's eye the imagination yeah. that the lord has given them uh, and then you know suddenly they become aware of a presence in that place and they feel uh, at once kind of a, a sense of like awe but also just safe at the same time and they turn and they look and and jesus is there yeah and then i said just you know how do you see him how does he show himself to you now and so they're drawing close to jesus they're seeing him in their mind's eye and then i say what do you want to say to him you say it to him now and then just give them a little space to say whatever they want to say to jesus and then i say what does he want to say to you listen to him now And as they've kind of, you know, taken a little bit of time to kind of still themselves and, you know, visualize Jesus and being in that space with Jesus, 
I've just found that's a little tool yeah, that really has worked yeah. nicely to open up, uh, yeah. you know, uh, again, kind of because it, because God speaks in the stillness, doesn't he? Yes, he, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he, he rarely speaks, you know, in the busyness and in the noise. Yeah. And usually it's, it's not about amping ourselves up, but quietening ourselves yeah, yeah, yeah. down and becoming yeah. sensitive to, to, to the, to the whisper of the spirit. So yeah, yeah really good, really, really helpful stuff, stuff. Zeke. Thanks. Thank you so much. Um, so, uh, uh I want to. I want to ask you this then. Um, h- how important do you think this this stuff is? This like in, encounter, this supernatural encounter, whether it's through hearing from God, or you know, whether it's uh, the, the the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or whether it's you know praying for for healing and miracles. Those. How important is this stuff in the the discipleship journey of yeah. of a young person who's already a Christian? Yeah, but also, Zeke, how important is this stuff in terms of our mission and evangelism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, let, let me start there because there's, okay. there's a funny story that is kind of it. It's really like a, a trophy story for me, but it's not. It's re, it's really to give glory to God. But it's a journey with a young person. Years ago, I was a detached youth worker, and I used to work. And I, I never forget meeting a young person that that kind of made it clear to me on our first encounter that he didn't like God and hated God and there's no God. And over the years of playing football and connecting, we'd have many, many conversations about faith and Jesus. And and I was really trying to proclaim the gospel and share the, the, the word of God to him. And I, I over the years, a, a few instances came up where I had opportunities to pray for him and stuff like that. And he wouldn't really, he wasn't really up for it. And I'll never forget a point his life where he was in a crisis he'd got into a relationship he'd already had a child he just had a second child he was young he was thinking at this point he was like 19 20 and um maybe a little older but but knew him as a young person and then and then this this what happened is we're down a park and we're sat in a circle and young people are talking about these experiences they'd had almost supernatural experiences on on a drug and i i was just sat there listening and i'm like yeah, well, I said, well, I, I believe that, that God can provide those without, I, I, you know, use the line, there's no high like the most high, you know, guys. <laughs> when, you encounter, when you encounter the presence of God, it, it's, you don't have to pay for it. You don't, have to, you don't have to go on some kind of trip where you were at the beginning of the world, you're at the end. You know, these talks that yeah, people are just like off and whatever, and, and they're like, right, okay, and... And then my mate, my mate turns up. So we're having this super, really random spiritual. You know, you, you yeah. think there's many youth leaders that can imagine this. Yeah, the detached work and you know this sort of stuff happens. And this lad turns up and he's just at a crisis point and he's he's like, my life's a mess. I've just been on antidepressants. I'm back smoking weed. I've just last night I drank a bottle of wine and lashed out and whatever. And, and, and I said, mate, could I pray for you? Because I really believe God can um, change your life. And we're sat in a circle. This is like, this is like, I need to step out in faith here. And he's like, mate, you know what I feel and what I believe. And we've talked a lot. And I said, he said, but, but go on, like, when you get a moment. And so I just bust out a prayer there. <laughs> like, I'm thinking to myself, I, I was just fascinated. That, again, when you're listening to the voice of God, when you're trying to hear the Spirit of God guiding you, you can sometimes sense it. You sense that there's something on a moment. And so I just start to pray for him out loud. 
and I know I'm praying with my eyes open and I notice people start looking a bit awkward. And I said, I said, I can't remember the prayer, but I just said, be lifted off. And he stopped me mid mid prayer and said, what did you just do? And I was like, what, what do you mean? He said, when you prayed, be lifted off. I physically felt a weight lifted off my body. And he stood up and he goes, this is where he started to swear and say, this is <laughs> dark. And um. And then he said, I've got to go. And he went. And and that day on, and this, this is not an exaggeration, he came back to me about a week later. He said, Zeke, I don't know what you did, but from that day, my life just changed. I need to know more about this Jesus. He ended up becoming a Christian. He got baptized. He became a youth youth leader in, in our church. He's still walking with God. His wife just got saved recently. His children are going to church. It, it's just a beautiful story. But honestly... It's the proclamation and then the demonstration. I'm mm. talking about it until I said, no, let me show you something of the power of God. And, and Paul says, you know, I did not come with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the power of God. So, so I, think, right. I think it's, 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 we're holding in balance. And so that's really important in discipleship. I'll tell you why, because this guy came into the kingdom knowing about Jesus, but also experiencing his power. And so therefore he's not just got this. And, and what you come sometimes get in discipleship is you get people who are all, too much of the word and you dry up too much of the spirit and you fry up, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's this, this, uh, this balance of like, he wanted to know scripture and I bought him a Bible and he, 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 he loves theology even now, but he also believes in the power of God. And he wants to pray for, for healing and he wants to pr- pray to see God move in, in, in powerful ways. And then, and then it's modeling it to young people. So when it comes to discipleship process of, on the mission of God, it's very, very important in evangelism. When it comes to discipleship with young people in the church, we need to model it because we believe it's true. Unless we, we, we sit, we're saying we're we don't believe the gifts are afford today, but so how do we create environments where young people can either see us in action, but also we say, you get to play as well. Let's pray for the sick. Yeah. Let's lay hands on them. Let's, let's, let's try this stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love this thing because, you know, the, the, the second part of that verse that you just mentioned um, with Paul, where he says, you know, my message and preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, yeah. but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Yeah. He he then says, so that, yes, okay, yeah, well, what's yeah, the yeah. reason? So that your faith might not rest on man's wisdom, yeah, yeah, yeah. but on God's power. There and is so, a man it, who knows the word. <laughs> I, I had it open to, I was ready to, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and so, and so. Very important. And, and, and this is the thing, isn't it? Because if, if, if we are leading people to God only because, you know, we had a good apologetic and we yeah, created yeah. a great environment in which some people came and they felt loved and valued, they felt part of a community and they felt, oh, yeah, maybe there's something to this and it started to make sense in my mind, um, that is all good. But if it's only that, yeah. then uh, the foundation of our young people's faith is on man's wisdom. Yes, and that yeah. is a shaky foundation. So yeah, when yeah. the wind and the, you know, the waves come, yeah. that foundation is going to crumble. We need yeah. also with that to have our faith and our young people's faith built on a foundation of God's power, that personal transformative encounter they had with God. And, you know, yeah. see, it, it, what you're saying there's just reminded me of um, 
where I do youth ministry here in Malvern, it was a, it was a, a pioneer youth group. So we started it from scratch. Yeah. And so there weren't really any Christians um, uh, at first to be part of the youth group. And we wanted, you know, we said that what we're all about is helping those who are far from God discover full life through Jesus. And so we were all about helping young people who didn't know Jesus um, meet with him and count him and give their lives to him. Mm-hmm. And so we managed to build up this youth group. And for a number of years, Zeke, we had young people, come in who weren't from christian homes weren't from christian backgrounds and what we found was that it was quite quite well relatively easy to see a young person journey from a place where they would say um i'm not interested in god i don't believe in god i don't think about god to a place where they would say oh maybe there is something to this And, and maybe and maybe 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 there is more to life and maybe there is some reality to to god so that journey we saw them make that quite swiftly and easily but the journey from that to i'm going to be a follower of jesus yes nobody made it yeah. nobody made that journey yeah. and and what we what what we realized we'd done is we'd create these environments where people were sharing their stories and we'd share little bits of scripture and and um, the the kind of plausibility of faith, mm-hmm. uh, we created an environment in which the plausibility of faith could be considered by a young person. Yeah. But we lacked the space for the young person to encounter God for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what we did is kind of long story, but we started what we called an emoji night, mm-hmm. um, and it's, which essentially was like worship word ministry for these young people who had never experienced anything like that before. And it was when we did that and started creating space for the ministry of the Holy Spirit to pray for people, that's when we started to see see young people make that journey where from, okay, there's maybe something to this, to actually, okay, I am going to be a Christian. I'm going to call myself a Christian. I'm going to follow Jesus. It was because of the space where they could encounter God for themselves. And sometimes I wonder, Zeke, um, could our youth ministries be exactly as they are right now if the Holy Spirit wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, that's... and that's a frightening thought, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because if if because yeah. if it is, if that could be said of our youth ministries, then we have young people whose faith is based on man's wisdom and not on God's yeah, yeah, power, yeah, 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 and it's not yeah. going to last. Yeah. It's not going to last. Um, yeah. So, so, so on that basis, then that's I want to I want to ask you a little bit about. Um, healing ministry because it's sensitive and it's a difficult um it's a difficult thing to do and it's a scary 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 thing to do to pray for people for healing because as much as you know will i most of us will have stories of 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 seeing a healing miracle i know we'll all have stories of praying for somebody for healing and it didn't happen right so so what have you learned about healing ministry, praying for people for healing? Um, how do you kind of facilitate that environment within, not in the big event place oh, yeah. where you can kind of, you, you know, be a little bit more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You can be a little bit well, more. You, well, it's much more standoffish because there's yeah. crowd, there's, there's other things at play. I think, yeah. When it, you can when, be anonymous. That's the word anonymous. I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, but they, in the context of our local youth groups, which might, you know, for, for most of us, not all, but for most of us is between five and 20 people, you know, yeah. there are bigger ones. I know that, but for yes. most of us, it's, it's not. Yeah. And, and it's much more vulnerable in that yeah. environment. You know, how do you, how do you do that in that space? How do you pray for healing in, in that space? Yeah. And, and 
when you pray for healing and God doesn't heal, yeah. what do you do with that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's it's a it's a great um, age old question, isn't it? That we we all continue to wrestle with. And I think I think it's it it's how do you create an expectation but not it to become hype? So I remember when we when we used to run a youth. This is years ago, and I, and I've continued this model even even with a football project that we started recently and um, where I would say to the team, when young people come through this door, if there's anything they need prayer for, make sure they, they get prayed for. So if there's a leg that's sore, if there's an injury, if there's anything, I think my dog's just finished his bone. <laughs> if there's, if there, we'll see how this one goes, guys. But if there's anything that, that – so I think – one of the things with this experience, what for the team and those that are working with young people, there's an expectation that we're going to try. I think we're going to try to pray. Yeah. And we don't promise things, but we say we believe Jesus. When we read about Jesus, everyone who came to him and was in need was healed. They're, they're, you know, that's that's the story. That, that That's the way he worked. And so we want to introduce you to Jesus because we believe that he, if, you, if you get close to him, he can heal you, you know. And so it's more about him than about us. And so we, we pray, like, I think teaching people to just, especially when you're praying for, for healing, when it comes to people physically with, with, Ill, with, with ailments, you've got to do a little bit of investigating as well. Like with young people, ask them about their, their situation. Don't just say, hey, you've got a sore leg. Can I pray for you? Like God's going to heal you. Let's pray. You know, like it's yeah. just like, hey, what, what happened? Um, how long has it been like that? If, if the pain's 1 to 10, 10's really bad, 1's nothing, hardly anything, what is it? And, and if... You know, because you could pray for someone and then they say, oh, I just, I've got a headache, but I just took a paracetamol before I came out. I think that's just kicking in. You know, where they're like, oh, it's really getting better. It's like, <laughs> so we need to get a bit of a diagnosis and an understanding of the situation. That's really important before we just jump in and pray. Um, because otherwise it's like, it's like what what did you what did you heal me from? I'm thinking of this the story I read this morning about the Jesus healing the man at Bethesda. You know, yeah. where he says the guy's clearly, um, you know, struggle. He's he's paralyzed, but Jesus says to him, "What do you want?" It's like, hey, what, <laughs> what, what a stupid question. What do you think? And he he says, "Well, I, I can't actually get down to the pool." It's like, oh, okay, so he's not even answering your question. He's just saying, I can't actually. And, and we need to talk to young people about that. Like, uh, about what do you want? Do you, like, like, you know, do you actually want prayer? And so I think, I think these are kind of important things. And, and not promising things, but living in faith. Well, he's really... Gus is excited. Gus yeah, wants to pray for healing. Was he wants to preach too. <laughs> One moment, mate. So. Pause. For the, for the puppy. Okay, so we're back from the puppy situation. The puppy's yeah. sorted. <laughs> yeah. And we're ready to go again. Yeah, so yeah. Um, 
chatting about praying for young people for healing let's get really practical though Zeke so you, you like you said you've you've talked to a young person you found out what's going on you found out kind of what their level of of you know pain is yeah. what's next do you do you do you you know in a uh, in a post-covid world do you lay lay a hand on, yeah, yeah. on, on if it's appropriate that the area of pain do you do you keep your eyes open do you yeah, pray a long prayer a short prayer how, how do you approach that be real practical with us kind of things and i think i think i think it's like obviously use your eyes like look look and see use your ears hear and understand you know so it's like once once they've said yeah and then it's saying would you like to be would, would you like me to pray for you? I believe that God can heal you. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's asking, but it's also saying, Hey, I've, I've got faith, you know, there, there's an, there's an expectation that you're bringing. Um, and I think, and, and we see that in Jesus and we see that in the disciples, you know, um, in the name of Jesus, I, silver and gold, I do not have, but in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And so if the, if the young person says, yeah, I'd, I'd love that. Then it's like, well, I'm going to pray and don't, you don't need to pray long prayers often. And, it, and they're often not even when I teach young people to pray, I say to them, don't plead with God. You're not turning, you're not a twisting his arm. You know, that's not, not what we're doing. We're saying father God in, in the name of Jesus that has given me, you know, like, and it's often authoritative prayer. It's just like, right. Yeah. Heal back. We speak to this back and in the name of Jesus be healed. We um, love that this migraine that in the name of Jesus, it would be healed all, all pain go like those kind of things. And then it's like, how do you feel? Oh, do you know what? I actually feel a bit better. Oh, it's actually got worse. Would you let me? And, and on the street with young people like detached, this is often like you need to be constantly in conversation, but I've found the more and more I've stepped out on the street um with young people in a detached way, the more God's just done. He, faith, Tim, is one of God's love languages. He loves faith. He loves mm. And so, you know, like obedience. Mike Pilavachi always says he loves, he, obedience is one of his love languages. He said food's his love language. You know, <laughs> you remember that famous line. But, but it's faith. So, so it's kind of, and then, and then talking to the young person, how do you feel? And, and, and if it doesn't, if it's not working, it says, you know what, I'm going to continue to pray. And then I always, and if nothing happens, I just say to, to, to people, I, I really believe God heals. And um, I, I, don't, I don't need to like, when, when we step out in faith, we don't need to make excuses for God. At the end of mm. the day, he commanded us to do this stuff then we don't need to make excuses for when he doesn't heal people. There's there's many reasons why that hasn't happened. But also I often want to encourage the young people. And so while I'm praying, I'm thinking, how can I actually encourage this young person? Because the spirit of prophet in, you know, two Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14, we hear that it's to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. And so when we're praying for healing, I believe that whether young people are healed or not, they should feel strengthened, encouraged, and comforted from that encounter. Um, so, so, see, I, I, I hear you say, I hear you say, um, we don't need to make excuses for God, and that's yeah. absolutely right, of course. But the danger is, 
or the potential is that when that young person doesn't get healed, they start to have an internal narrative which says, I didn't get healed because God doesn't love me. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. I didn't get healed because God doesn't care about me. Or I didn't get healed because there's something wrong in my life that I'm doing wrong. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so that, for that reason, God hasn't healed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is there a space in which you almost, um, uh, not second guess, but you you put your, in that conversation when when you pray for someone for healing and they don't get healed, you almost put yourself into the into the shoes, into the mind of that young person and think, you know, what are they thinking and what are they feeling right now? And how can I bring that comfort, that strengthening and, yeah. and, and, and encouragement? So it's not, yeah. it's not to make an excuse for God, but, yeah. but is there, is, is it important for us in that moment to say explicitly, you know what, um, you know, to, to give some explanation, you, you, you know what, um, sometimes when we pray for healing, yeah, uh, God doesn't heal. Yeah, yeah. And that's because, we live in, in that in that tension right now between yeah. God's kingdom is come and is still yet to come, and you know there is still imperfection and there is still sickness, yeah. but it's but it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that God isn't for you, and you know it, it's something to that effect. Do you think that yeah. that kind of discussion yeah. is important because we don't want that young person going away thinking, well, I uh, you know it's my fault and, and I'm a failure and yeah. God doesn't love me. You know, how do you, how do you deal with it pastorally? I guess well, is the I question. Well, I think pastorally, I I have a story myself of of being healed from eczema, but it didn't happen instantly. It happened over time, and I often share that story and I do it very quickly. I um, that's very good. I say, hey, and and often you're usually praying for young people if you if you it's different if it's like their mum or their grandma or someone that you're not going to see the evidence right there and then and so you've got to also recognize what is the outplaying of this prayer if it's a sore arm or if it's eczema for example which often you will very very there's probably minimal cases where people get healed on the spot and it at DTI we have actually seen that where someone got physically healed on the spot of, of eczema um, but you know, for me, I just say it, it took years, but God was doing an internal work as well. And I, and I often mm. say, God just doesn't want to heal the outside. He's interested in the heart as well. And so it's also a good opportunity to ask people, where are you with God? Like these kind of other probing. And I, I know this sounds like, whoa, this is a bit, bit deep, but but Jesus often the encounters with people were not just about their physical ailments they're about their heart and that where they were with God and so often one of my questions even before I pray for healing is what what do you think about Jesus what do you think about God they're also questions that are bigger than just the healing because the healing isn't isn't always the 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 main focus but it it can be at the time so I think it's if you've got a story share that and and like what you said Tim you know we believe that that it's it's the fine line, isn't it, of of encouraging young people to keep having faith and walking in that way, but also like recognizing that that God God's ways are not our ways. Mm. Don't always understand. And I often say to young people, I don't always understand how God works, but that's also part of faith. We we believe in what we do not see. Um but we're, we're stepping out. And so encouraging young people, particularly who are going to pray for other young people, that faith is spelt risk or faith is spelt try, you know. You've got you to take a risk or you've got to try. If you never try, you'll never know, see an outcome. And 
I think what happens is, and if we then talk in words of knowledge, so many young people say, oh, I've got a picture or I've got a word or I've got a scripture, but I think it's for someone in the group. And so what, what I'd encourage them to do is bring it and then coach them a little bit and say, who do you think it might be for? Mm. Sense, just as you just take a moment, look around the room or look around the Zoom and, and ask, ask God just quietly to think. And then they might say, I don't know. Well, that's just them learning. That's just them saying they're nervous. They might know, but they might. So all these kind of things, I know I've crossed into another realm there, but... No, but it's all good. It's all really helpful hints and tips, and, and, I, and I'm appreciating this. So, I, the, the last one then before we, we wrap up this podcast, Zeke, I just want to ask you a, li- a little bit about the baptism of the Holy Spirit yes. and how we kind of facilitate that uh, uh, with our young people. Because one thing that we see as as we read through Acts is just the, the, the primacy of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how important that was for for leaders you know when they would they would see oh you they've been baptized in water but not in the holy spirit let's make sure they're baptized in the holy spirit and we you know we we we, we see that that the you know the importance of every believer being baptized in the spirit and then filled with courage and faith and you know whatever signs may follow that so what are your thoughts for us on how we create that opportunity for young people because i'm often conscious that it's like, oh yeah, well, what we do is we'll wait till we go to the to the big event, right? We'll go to DTI, we'll go to Limitless Festival, or whatever it is, and you know we can we we you know that we'll have a time of waiting on God there, and the young people get filled with the Holy Spirit. But no, 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 um, God can do that anywhere. It doesn't have to, you know, just you don't have to wait for 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 that. You don't have to wait for the summer to to facilitate that, you know, for our young people. It can happen anywhere in the small youth groups, in homes, in, in you know, in our local church buildings it can happen so how do we do that as youth workers how do we create that space for for the ministry of the spirit and the baptism of the spirit do you know we got to teach about it we've got to teach we've got to teach young people the holy spirit's a person you know he's he's the spirit of god he's the the jesus said when i leave when i go it's he actually said it's better for me to go because i will leave with you, you know, like he's saying, Hey, you're not going to be alone. There's going to be, I'm going to send this, my spirit, the Holy spirit. He will be the one that will lead you into all truth, a guide, a comforter. I love talking to young people about who the Holy spirit is. He's a comfort, a guide, one to lead you into truth, one that will fill you and empower you. And we need to teach that Mm. because you can't just want to have an encounter and not teach you know, we, we got to introduce the Holy Spirit to, mm. and then therefore the opportunity. So for me, I mean, I've found Youth Alpha is an incredible opportunity because it's quite systematic. Yeah. Found when we've done that with young people, it, there's teaching on who the Holy Spirit is and then there's moments to to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be baptised. Um, and there's there'll be debate about whether people speak in tongues when they're baptised or whether they don't and 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 for me, it's like it's the it's the evidence of a, of a of the spirit of God in someone's life. It's the evidence that they have faith and that they have that that they their life is different and that things are changing. And um and 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 I believe that this, that that tongues comes for those who like hunger after it and want it. And and but I would uh, what I would do with young people is teach it and then facilitate spaces where we wait on God to then fill us and baptize us with the Holy Spirit. 
um, talk about baptism in water and in, 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 in the spirit or in fire, you know. Mm. And so it's like, and, and, and not, not having to feel the need to hype it up or get around them and pray in tongues. You know, if that's the model you want to go after, go for it. But I think we, we, we as Mike used to say, Mike Pilavachi, we, we don't hype the Holy Spirit up, he comes down. And um, so I think these, these moments in rooms where we say, guys, we're just going to wait, and you might sense um, a, a weightiness, you might sense a heaviness, a peace, you, a good heaviness, you might sense a tingling, or, or you might start speaking, and I, I don't know, because the, God can do things in powerful ways, but we're going to wait. And then I think, I think also intentionally laying hands on young people and saying and, and inviting the Holy Spirit to come and fill them um, is really important when it comes to, to young people um, being filled and baptised in the Spirit. And this is kind of, it's a once-off, but it's also a constant, you know, that be filled is a be, it's a be continuum, isn't it? Mm, mm-hmm. So I think these are the kind, and the fascinating thing that I've found is when you wait, and it's, it, it's nerve-wracking. I've had young people in the room, and I'm like, okay, we're going to pray that you'd be filled with the Holy Spirit. You've given your life to Jesus. Now we're going to pray that you'd be filled. And I don't know about you, Tim, but the moments are like, really, oh, what's going to happen? Nothing's going to And the amount of times young people have said, I think I need to sit down. I, I, I'll start crying or, you know, these kind of things. And, and, and I always say to young people, the Holy Spirit is now your friend for life. He's not going to leave you or desert you or run away. And, 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 and so you can continue to have encounters with him. It's not just, yeah, we've got to be careful that we do, just don't think the baptism of the Spirit, you know, it, it is an encounter and a moment, but it's also a lifelong thing then. Yeah. And I'm, I know that I have moments of being filled constantly. I see young people getting filled um, mm. when they've already been filled, you know, because um, there's more. And I think the whole, when it comes to, like, speaking in tongues, that is something that we should also encourage, like, that, that this is a gift that God can give you as well. And so praying over young people to receive that, if they want, you know. Um, yeah, and, and that, that's a really interesting point because sometimes, you know, when we, when like as you've described, when we kind of create space and we, we wait on God and we ask him to move, sometimes the things that can happen as a result of that are unusual. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, whether that's some of the things we've already talked about, somebody has a prophetic word or a word of knowledge, whether that is somebody speaks in tongues or even, you know, the, those kind of like physical manifestations of the mm-hmm. spirit of God, where somebody begins to cry or, or shake or, or fall over. We see that, don't we? Um, uh, and so there is a sense in which there's no getting away from the fact that the supernatural power and presence of God is supernatural. Right. Yeah. Um, but for young people, and particularly those young people who are not from Christian backgrounds, and this hasn't been part of their experience, could can be quite intimidating, strange, even scary. So again, like a pastoral question, how do we, if we're creating that space, if we're expecting God to speak and expecting God to move, how do we explain that? How do we lead young people through that it, 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 in a way that... Um, 
is going to be helpful for them so they so they understand what's happening and are not scared by it yeah. in that way and i think i think it's <clears throat> it can be really hard cuz cuz we've both led kind of ministry times on a bigger scale you know with hundreds thousands of young people and you it's different because it's it's like you can get away you, you peep other people are around and whatever but when it comes into a small youth group and there's six of you and and one of them's shaking on the ground or like crying like profusely and they can't stop i think it's reiterating that guys the lord like the spirit of god is here and he he's he's here to 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 comfort you and 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 sort of talking it through but equally like um you know, it, it it also can depend practically on space. And, you know, if there's really a young person, you want to protect their dignity. If they're really, I've, I've had a young person before, like really had a crazy background and writhing around on the ground and mm. playing around, you know, this is intense, but, and I know that this won't always happen. And it was kind of best for that young person to be with a leader or two on their, well, two leaders on their own, you know, um, and, and almost, <clears throat> or we, you know, just encouraging other young people because when young people, when stuff's happening to one, others want to know why, but we can't always explain why. And yeah. don't don't try to explain something that's not true. Oh, you know, he's just been abused and that's why he's crying and his mum left him when he was five, you know, like don't do that. Like I think we've got to be careful and when we know, we also have the privilege as youth pastors and leaders and workers of of knowing information about young people that we that we could all we've got to be careful not to use or to to help facilitate more you know yeah but i guess what we can do though is you know we obviously we would never do that we would never yeah. say what someone's situation is but what we can do is is be more general in yeah. and, and say hey guys i know this and i think acknowledging that yes. it's odd I yeah. think that's really helpful because yeah, yeah, yeah. because it says to the young person, "Oh, it's not just me that thinks this." Yeah. So even to say, "Hey, this is, this feels a bit strange, doesn't it?" But you know what happens sometimes when the Holy Spirit moves in our lives, He just begins to heal us of some of those kind of deep hurts, and that can come out in in in, yeah. in some of these ways. But you know, I just need you to know that it's good and it's safe. You know, those those things we can say that are more general and 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 put people yeah, sure. at ease, can't we? Yeah. yeah. Hey, I, it's reminded me of a story. Right? I remember when. Um, so, uh, uh, one time at Limitless Festival, um, we, uh, our youth group was there, but I was, you know, on the kind of, um, stage or whatever, kind of facilitating a, a time of ministry. And it was, wasn't planned. It was actually before the, the message and it kind of all kind of kicked off, you know, big time. And we had some young people there who weren't Christians, um, never experienced anything like this before. And fair play to them. They were like down on the front row, right? So these two girls. <laughs> and um, we just made some space for the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit starts to move. And this dude falls over in the Spirit, like right in front of them, like literally almost lying across their feet. Yeah. Um, and I could see these two girls. I can picture this in my mind's eye as clear as day now. And I can see them like looking at each other like, totally weirded out like why is this dude lying down in front of us and obviously on the stage we're explaining everything that's happening and trying to put release so what i did is i just got off the stage and went down to these two girls in my youth group and said hey 
you know, just totally matter of fact, like, you know, almost like jokingly with like a smile on my face, you know, we don't need to be the mysterious no. man or woman of God. Do we? And I just said to them, Hey, kind of strange, all of this, isn't it? And they were like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of strange. But then I just said to them, I said, but think about it. If there really was a God and he really was real and he really did meet with us, wouldn't it be more strange if nothing happened? Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah good. That's great. You, you, you know what I mean? And so it's just like, like, it, it, you've mentioned Mike Pinovacci a, a couple of times, but one thing that he says that I, I really love is that God can be as weird as he wants, but we don't have to be. Yeah. So we can just be normal and natural and even, I just think, humorous and break some of the tension and make people feel at ease. Yeah. And then we, you know, give what, what explanation we can, obviously, as you said, without revealing anything personal. And then we, we can create that space for God to do whatever he wants to do. But I think in all of this, Zeke, it's like it really is you know, poetry, not maths, isn't it? It really, really is. You you know, we can share stories and experiences and some principles that we've learned, but ultimately it's always going to be, like you said, faith is spelled R-A-S-K. It's always going to be creating space, taking a risk and trying to be sensitive to what the Lord is is doing, whether that is in the context of our um you know, hour and a half youth ministry session, whether that's in that one-to-one that we have with a young person and we're just anticipating that God might give us a word of knowledge or a scripture for them, or whether that's when we're out walking the dog. It's being alert to what he's doing and being ready to respond. And I love that, what you said. We we posture ourselves to be reactive to a proactive God. What a great, great thought that is. Yeah. Um, See, thank you so, so much for joining us on the podcast today. Well, I would love to do actually um is just ask you if you'd pray for all of the youth leaders who, who are listening yeah. who are maybe just feeling uh, inspired and, and challenged to to step out into into some of this stuff uh, in their youth ministries whether that's creating space for their young people to hear from god or or, yeah. or, or, or to meet with god and encounter him in that way uh, would you just pray for us Zeke, as, yeah, as we finish I'd love, to. I'd love to yeah Father God, we just thank you for this time. And Holy Spirit, I know that you're meeting with people as they're listening because you always speak. You always want to speak to us. And so I pray for youth leaders, maybe even young people that will listen to this and that long to hear your voice. Lord, I pray that you would raise us up to be people who have faith, who don't settle for just like, well, If I do that, I don't really know the outcome, so I won't do it. Lord, I pray that we would be people, raise us up to be people in this day that are prepared to take risks, prepared to step out, prepared to live naturally supernatural lives, Lord, where we we, um, trust you and we walk hand in hand with you. And, Lord, I pray that this podcast would uh, spark something um, unique in our lives, that we'd be stirred up. Mm -hmm risks again that God, you 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 love young people and you want to use us and we get to be part of you extending your kingdom everywhere and in every way and so lord i pray that you would come upon us afresh lord if anyone needs to be filled afresh fill them right now come holy spirit do what only you can do lord i pray for a resurgence in faith i pray for a resurgence in healing and and signs and wonders in our youth ministries 
that we would be people that don't put a cap on anything, but Holy Spirit, would you blow the cap off? Um, would you teach us to be discerning and wise in the way that we speak and explain things? And, um, yeah, I, I also sense there's some young, some youth leaders that have just had experiences that you've, you've had experiences where you've tried to lead these times and they haven't gone exactly the way you would have hoped. And I just sense the Lord wants to say, just try again. Trust me. Go, go again. Um, I've got it. I've got it in, in control. And also it, that, that sometimes things aren't, aren't as bad as we thought they were. And so, Lord, I pray for those who need courage to try again or to try it for the first time. And maybe their experience as a young person wasn't so good. Lord, would you would you do that in Jesus' name? I just thank you for this time. I thank you for what you're doing in our nation. I pray for more, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Wow. What a great way to finish the podcast. Try again. Come on, and we say it, don't we, every time at the end of the podcast. You know, what you're doing is important. It's too important to give up. You know, passing on the gospel to the next generation. What are you going to give your life to that's more important than that? Keep going. Don't give up. Try again if it's feeling hard right now. Come on, you can do this. Uh, We're for you. And we believe in you. It's so important. Youth worker, leader, wherever you're listening from, may this be a word from God to you today. Keep going. And hey, we pray those couple of things we we mentioned up front as well are going to be really helpful in your journey. The Leadership 101 book, your go-to guide to leading youth and children's ministries into a brighter future. Uh, You can pick that up now wherever you buy books from. And of course, Limitless Festival 2021, Gather, Pray, Go. Together locally and online nationally. That's on the 6th and the 7th of August. And we want to invite you along. You can get all the info, the free resource, and get your group booked in at limitlessfestival.co.uk. I really look forward to seeing you there and next time on the Limitless Leadership Podcast. But until then, keep going. See you next time.